Welcome to Tulsa Titans, highlighting our local professionals who are making an impact. Super excited today. I've known Bob for years, uh, but I'm interviewing Bob Studebaker. He is the owner of Go Bob Pipe and Steel. Bob, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, well, I was born and raised in Tulsa. Uh, lived here all my life, except for a couple of years in Ada, Oklahoma. Um, actually started college down there and then came back to Tulsa University. Uh, married my uh, junior high school sweetheart. We just celebrated our 47th uh, last week and uh, <clears throat> started this business uh, 20, uh, 28, 27, 28 years ago. And progress was really slow at first. I didn't have any money to work with, but slowly, you know, we've overcome that obstacle and, and been able to turn it into something. Um, <clears throat> our company, a lot of people hear uh, pipe and they automatically go to the oil patch in their thoughts because, you know, we are so, you know, Oklahoma is an oil state. And uh, really, I don't sell anything to uh, oil and gas companies at all. Um, it started out selling pipe and steel products to uh, farmers and ranchers. And believe it or not, you know, they use a lot of it in their fencing and in their corral systems and whatnot. They used to use wood in the old days, but they soon learned that, you know, uh, wood doesn't stand up. It rots and gets termites and all that stuff. And if they put up the right kind of pipe fence, they can, uh, um, you know, get a lifetime out of it. But I had, I had uh, accumulated all these customers that were farmers and ranchers. So it was only natural that that uh, uh, I expand vertically because there's a lot of other products that they use that, uh, you know, in the ranching business, there's all kinds of uh, cattle handling equipment and there's uh, feed bunks, there's hay feeders, and then you get into hay and uh, you've got uh, trailers to transport the hay, self-unloading, self-loading and self-unloading. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it just, it's just grown from there. And I've uh, been really blessed that, that uh, you know we've done as well as we've done that we've uh, you know we've always tried to be uh, we've always been honest with people and we stand behind our products sometimes it hurts real bad um, you know especially when knotheads in your yard send a a uh, crowding tub off to Utah or somewhere and as the guy ordered it clockwise and we sent him a counterclockwise well it's not worth even hauling it back with a freight. So we sent him a new one out there to replace it and just left it there for whatever he wanted to do with it. So those things have been hard, but we've built a reputation of, of, of being honest, standing behind our equipment. And, and uh, we've worked real hard to, to give the, the heaviest, strongest possible that we could do. A long time ago, we made a decision. We could either go cheap and try to compete with all the feed stores and stuff, uh, this lightweight equipment, lightweight panels and stuff, or we can go, you know, the other route, be the elite, the heaviest, the best, the long lasting. Because in my opinion, and I think everyone would agree with me if they stopped and thought about it, it is cheaper if you're not replacing something constantly, 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 if it's holding up to the abuse that you have to give it. So um, is that enough? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you said something interesting when it comes to business was, 
you know, there are mistakes. And as you grow a business, those mistakes, a lot of times you have ownership for, but other people make them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your situation, you're going to lose a lot of money by being honest, but you've been in business a long time. So there's something to that too. I mean, in the short run, people can go, well, it may not be that big of a deal, but your reputation's everything. You, you attribute that to why you stayed in business? Oh, I, I guarantee it is. I promise you it is. Um, there's a lot of, when we're buying raw materials, um, there are a lot of unscrupulous characters out there selling them. And so there's a lot of, uh, um, have to be real cautious. Uh, in other words, uh, uh, if I'm selling to somebody, if that person doesn't have a reputation, you know, he's going to have to pay me before it leaves my yard, before it get, gets on the truck. Um, by the same token, when I'm buying something, because we have established a reputation, you know, hey, no problem, load the truck, send it to us, we'll mail you a check. And, uh, um, and that's been, you know, that makes operating a lot, a lot easier when, uh, and that's just one facet of it. Just, you know, there's, there's, there's many things that, that have to do with the, you know, stand behind your product. There's a lot of things involved in that. <clears throat> Well, that what, that's what comes with running a business for as long as you have. And, and you've been in it a while. So we were talking off mic about technology. You know, yeah. we got into one of the things I like to talk about is what business executives, especially ones with some season to them, they consume and what they don't consume. And you brought up a unique point that, man, since the smartphones entered the business, there's a lot of distraction, a lot of not good things. You know, young people see it as yeah. a big opportunity, but you've, you've seen the changes. You want to talk a little bit more about, you know, where you spend your time and what you've seen that technology do? Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, um, I wish cell phones would never come around. It uh, it adds a lot of, uh, I have to use them. I have to use this computer, like we're on this Zoom call right now, uh, to be competitive, if nothing else. Uh, but <clears throat> it adds a lot of uh, unnecessary stress on, uh, on everybody involved, on the buyer, the seller, customer, the yard hands, uh, you know, constantly having to answer that, that telephone. And, uh, and then now it's text and now it's emails on it. And, you know, if, if people were, were had to go to a telephone, pick it up and call you, number one, you're going to get a lot more done quicker. You don't think you do, but you're not wasting your time looking at, you know, spam emails, uh, uh, texts that come out of nowhere you have no idea what they are what it's about uh, but you know you got to look at them you got to take that time and do it so um, technology in that respect I, I don't think it's it's been helpful to us because it's opened the door it's opened the pandora's box to you know a lot of other things that are bad influence on on our kids and whatnot uh, so i'm i'm not a real you know of course i'm i'm older um, I'm not a real technology nut. Um, there, there are some good things that have come from technology, you know, in the medical field and uh, oil well, gas abatement, plugging, those sort of things. Um, but, you know, I don't, there's no value in TikTok and, and some of related apps like that. I just don't see it. Um, so I'm just being honest. No, that's what you're here for. That's what the, the podcast yeah. is for is honesty. When you talked about being efficient with your time, you know, is there something that you do every day or every week that, that helps you be effective? Uh, especially you guys are going through right now. It's been 
hotter longer. We were setting records and said, Oklahoma yeah. affects your industry specifically. So, so what are you doing? What are you thinking about that helps you in this season? Well, we've got, uh, that there's more than one answer to that question, uh, to the specific problem that's happening right now. And that is all the heat without rain. Um, most of our customers in Oklahoma and Texas, central Kansas, their pastures have burned up. And so they got two choices. One, they can start feeding the hay that they've, that they've already cut, that they were holding for the winter. They can start feeding that, or they can start feeding a supplement out of a bag, which is a whole lot more expensive. Or, you know, by the way, if they do, if they do start feeding their hay right now, they won't have enough to last through the winter. And then they're buying hay from other people at elevated costs. And, and forage is the number one expense in raising cattle. So it's, it's, it's very important. So they're either going to have to do that or they have to sell their cows. Uh, now, who buys them? Well, uh, some feedlots buy some of them. Um, packers will buy some of them if it's the right time. But a lot of them are bought by cattle buyers that are going to turn around and sell them in areas of the country that aren't affected by this drought. So where do we focus our marketing? We focus to those areas of the country that are not affected by drought right now. And because those guys are taking on more cattle than they normally run, they're going to need expanded corrals. They're going to need newer, better equipment. And uh, so that's an adjustment that we have made to uh, uh, counter the problem we're occurring right now. Because if we just if we just depended on uh, you know uh, our sales in a 200 mile radius, uh, you know we wouldn't we wouldn't sell enough to you know cover the structure that that we've spent 25 years building up. <clears throat> um, on a more long term basis, of something that I do every day is uh, is something I don't do anymore. But what I do every day, I've been, I've got a, a, a spiral notebook right here. And every morning I transfer all my to-dos from one page to the next. And as I transfer them, I cross off the ones, this is low technology, you understand. <laughs> I cross off the ones I've accomplished and put the ones back on there I haven't, plus I add the new ones. Now, what I've done recently is uh, I'm delegating a lot more. I'm putting trust into to my people more. Um, and this, that process has actually allowed us to grow faster because I'm able to do things that before, you know, I just spent my whole day solving problems. That was it. And I looked down at my to-do list and there's nothing I could cross off. I hadn't accomplished anything other than solves a bunch of problems. So now I've divided up my team into sales and marketing, um, transportation and, and purchasing, and then yard operations. And I have a person that's ahead of each of those. I meet with them once a week and we go over how things are doing. And I found by delegating that I can go out and I can, uh, uh, well here recently I've, I've taken on, uh, we've never sold uh, we've always, we've sold hay trailers and some flatbed trailers for a long time, but I've never sold dump trailers. I've never sold a lot of, of flatbed trailers. 
and um, and also I've I've expanded our squeeze shoot line. Whereas we used to carry one brand, uh, now we got five, and that gives my customers a choice. You know, when they come in, I don't I'm not just having to say, "Hey, mine's great, and everyone else is bad." I can go, "Hey, I got five different ones you can pick from here. Which one works best for you?" And we try to help them figure that out. So, is that is that no, not what great. you're looking for? Yeah, and and with executives, you know, and you'll you'll find it in almost every book, right? When they when they talk about really running as a leader and running as an executive well in the top five you find delegation mm-hmm. yeah. really do because it frees you to think about things that like you said that the changes and, yeah. and what's but hey that's hard that's yeah. hard to do yeah when you you take your baby that you started out you know in your living room or your kitchen in my case and you've had your finger on everything for years it's hard to let go it really is. You just you just have to have faith in your people, and if they if they do screw up, teach them. Teach them what they did wrong, so they don't make that mistake again. Um, if you never do that, then then your life is just just going to be a flurry, you know, without without accomplishing anything for the long run, you know, without really doing things that'll help your company. So absolutely. And there's a wrong way and a right way to delegate. And I'm sure when you first, and I've, I've experienced too, when you first start delegating, you realize really fast, oh, well, this person needs more information. What have you learned and what's kind of your process to delegate and then hold hold people accountable to that delegation? Um, well, first of all, I, you know, in the, uh, we've had, you know, a lot of different people go through there. And some of them, uh, you know, you have to pick a person that, that adapted to their skills. Like the guy I've got in charge of my yard and who unloads the trucks, loads the trucks, make sure the pipe gets on the right racks, uh, make sure, checks out the material, the squeeze sheets and the trailers and whatnot when they come in, make sure there aren't any issues with them. I couldn't get him to sit in the office. There's no way he would sit in an office. So, Plus, his background is in ranching. He's been outside all his life, and he enjoys that. So I'm going to give him something that he enjoys, and he has some background in. Uh, my sales manager, the guy's in charge of sales and marketing, um, completely different. You know, he's been in sales all his life. Uh, when he came to me, um, or when I recruited him, he was selling insurance. Uh, he's working for Farm Bureau, and it was you know, they have a lot of real customers and whatnot. And that's why uh, attracted me to him. And then uh, I watched his sales skills. Um, I supplemented them with what I knew. Uh, uh, I provided him with uh, training that can train, you know, like videos and, and, and tapes and things from, from good sales trainers and, uh, you know, just trained him up. So, uh, you know, now I feel confident in him. Um, you know, I just go right on down the line and, uh, and those people are allowed to hire their people and they're accountable for what their people do. And so when we have a weekly review of, you know, of what's going on and we discuss what our goals are and that sort of thing, um, it's, it's just a lot more efficient. I mean, it's, it's, we just, we move along. And we, we uh, you know, I, I make those meetings mandatory of a maximum of one hour. I mean, one hour goes by, 
we're right in the middle of a sentence, we're cutting it off. And that's, that has taught them when you, when you come in, you better be concise. You better have your ducks in a row so that, uh, you know, Bob doesn't cut me off at mid sentence and they're adapting to it. Worked great. Now that's great. And if anybody missed it, really, I think what's so special, and I haven't had anybody I've interviewed say this yet, is you have a process for delegating, but you think about your people first in the delegation. Absolutely. You, you know your people. Yeah. And so you're not giving somebody cookie cutter every single time. It makes them successful. And then the other big point is you have people that you know, like, trust, and you put them over other people and let them run. And then you guide them from there because you can't touch everything and be successful. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely correct. So we were off mic and this was so good. You know, it's especially your industry. Oklahoma has been under a, you know, it's like putting a micro, you know, they used to fry the bugs. You took the magnifying glass and put the, the sun yeah. on it. It was just right. yeah. been that way since May. Yeah. You know, setting the records, it affects you. But you said, I've been, we've been here before. Yeah, so we have. Yeah. When you've been there before, because a lot of people that listen to this, they're walking through maybe COVID, you know, maybe yeah. something in their industry for the very first time, they feel like there's no hope. Can you speak to why you're so optimistic and what you've learned from, hey, we've been here before? Well, this time around, I don't have to learn how to adapt to it. You know, I've been through it. We figured it out the first time. This was back in uh, 2011, 2012. I don't know if anybody remembers, but hottest period that I remember in my lifetime, you know, every day we were having um, temperatures above 110, you know, 112, 115, 111. And it, it went on for a long time. And the same thing happened. Guys had to start feeding out or sell off their cows. And we were going, what are we going to do? Well, it dawned on us, let's follow the cows. And so this time around, we, we just made an adjustment in our uh, advertising and our marketing to target those people and, and not put as much money and effort into targeting the guys that, that are, that are burnt up. Um, the, uh, now there are some people um, that are, have decided they're going to start feeding early. Uh, they've run their own numbers. You know, maybe they've got an excess hay from last year or something. I don't know what their individual um, uh, situation is, but you, you know, they can't, you can't be wasting it. And so uh, uh, back then, back in 2011, 2012, we developed a feeder that would conserve hay. Uh, in other words, uh, I'm sure you've seen those ring feeders sitting out in the pasture and there's more hay outside of them that's inside of them. And uh, so we, uh, you know, we figured out a way to uh, design a feeder where the cattle didn't drag all the hay out. And, um, and so we are, you know, we're putting more of our advertising money into promoting our hay feeders now. Normally, we wouldn't even approach that until late September, early October. But uh, we're starting early with it. So that's, that, you know, that's helping as well. I mean, that's just, just an example of how you've been through it before helps you out. So, and we made mistakes back in 2012, um, but, you know, we overcame them. And so here we are again, and I feel like we'll do a better job this time. We know exactly what to do. And for anybody walking through it the first time with, with you know, they're in their, their head, they're facing business challenges they've never faced. 
you know, hope is kind of bleak for them. What's the, the mindset or the optimism that you had when you went through things that helped? Is there a mindset or, or, or maybe a relationship? It, 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 was, it was a confidence. I mean, this time around, yeah, it was a confidence, you know, instead of, um, you know, spending any time, you know, trying to figure things out and wringing our hands and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, we just made adjustments. Boom, it was done. And, you know, we haven't, uh, uh, knock on wood, we haven't skipped a beat. You know, we're still still rocking and rolling. That's awesome. And you 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 touched on this a little bit earlier when you said, hey, I trust my people. Oh, yeah. My people. That's one of the ways that you distill some of your values and your team. Are yeah. there some other things that you do intentionally to distill some of the ways that you believe? I tell them, be honest, no matter how, if it no matter how hard they don't want to. Tell them, be honest. And uh, and I like the old Bible verse, truth will set you free. And it does. It really works. And so when we screw up, we admit it and we're honest with our customer. And then we, we make it right. We stand behind our products and everybody knows that's the, that's my mentality. And so they, they adopt that and, uh, and they speak confidently when they're talking to a customer. Um, they don't have to hem haw beat around the bush. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, Hey, you got a screwed up product. We're going to fix it. We're going to make it right. And, and so they can say that with confidence, you know, Mr. Jones, you know, we'll get you a new hay trader out there and just swap you out. And, you know, they, they like being able to do that. And, um, I think that's, I just think that's so important. I really do. hundred oh, percent agree. And, and I think what you said there for anybody, again, getting started or trying to figure this thing out is when you stand behind your word or you have a high sense of mm-hmm. values, it really does affect every department in your organization. Absolutely. You may not be able to see it, but it affects the way they think, the way they execute, huh. whole, the whole thing. Hey, I'll give you another example. Uh, occasionally, we'll get a get a shipment, and let's say there's, uh, uh, you know, the guy sent his bill for nine thousand feet of two and three eighths. Um, but when the truck came in, there's ten thousand feet on it. Um, yeah, we could keep our mouth shut, but we don't do that. We notify them, say, hey, you sent us too much. We're going to send you a check for the balance. Well, that develops a relationship between our company and that uh, specific individual. And it also builds the overall reputation of the company when you do things like that. Now, those things aren't hurtful because you're still getting your value. But the tough thing to do, I think I gave you that example where uh, my yard guys loaded a uh, crowding tub, which is a big piece of equipment, takes up half the truck. And they make them, we make them that go clockwise, and we make them that go counterclockwise as you crowd the cattle through it. Guy in Utah ordered it. Well, we shipped the wrong one. And uh, we found out pretty quickly that if we had to pay freight to haul it back, uh, you know, it wasn't worth it wasn't worth hauling back. So we sent him a new one, dropped it off, said, Mr. Jones, you know, if you can sell that to a neighbor, you want to cut it up for scrap, what do you want to do? It's just not economically feasible for us to haul it back unless you want us to. And they always said, now I'll find something to do with it. But again, develops reputation and a really good relationship with that specific person 
And I guarantee you, uh, well, in that case, that particular case, uh, that gentleman has ordered from us, I don't know how many times since, that he's added things and ordered them from, from us. And I, I doubt very seriously if he even priced anyone else. So I, I think he knew he knew that uh, he could trust us, to be fair. And, uh, you know, in this day and time, there's, as I said before, a lot of unscrupulous people out there that think that's to, to rip somebody off is a, a badge of honor or something. And it is not, it is not, it's, it's, it'll, in the long run, it's going to pay off if you do the right thing. I 100% agree. I have one more question. You know, I'm a yeah. big leader uh, and you alluded to this with your sales professional. You went out and got somebody's life work in sales, you know, dedicated their whole career or something and, and you were able to learn from it. Are there a couple books that you would recommend uh, that have really helped you or that you've gone back to? <laughs> oh, man. Um, when it comes to personal development, things of that nature, I am so old school. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to name names that, that a lot of your listeners probably never heard of, but uh, you ever heard of Zig Ziglar, CF Top? Yep. Or J. Douglas Edwards? how to close a sale. Uh, these are old timers and I, I, I got them on uh, cassette tape <laughs> just to give you an idea how, how old they are, but uh, uh, they're great. They're classics. I haven't read anything recently that really piqued my interest and I, I'm a reader. I mean, I've, I've read, I've read thousands of books, but I, I've, when, when it comes to, to books, I just got to say, and that's how I shut off at night. You know, when I lay down in bed, a million things going through my head, but I can pull out a good novel I've been working on and I can read that for a while. And pretty soon I'm sleepy. I'll lay it down and I'll go to sleep. And, uh, 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 you know, I, I got a library full of them. Now I've got a Kindle full of them. I got an iPad full of them. Um, that, you know, that downtime is important too. You know, if you don't have rest your brain a little bit, you know, it eventually it'll wear you down and, and affect your, uh, the way you function. So, but my, you know, as far as personal development goes, those guys, those, those are my two heroes. Um, as far as fictional go, try out Lonesome Dove, the book, not the movie. And uh, in my favorite all-time book, it's called Daughter of the Legend by Jesse Stewart. I read it for the first time when I was in the fifth grade. And I've read it a dozen times since. And uh, it, it's just, I don't know, that's just me. It may not be everybody's thing, but <laughs> that's uh, that's how I cool off in the evening. <clears throat> if anybody wants to reach out to you or has a question, is there a preferred way to get a hold of you? Um, yeah, well, the, uh, the email is... Uh, priority at gobobpipe.com and they can call me too i mean if it's somebody that's really you really want to learn something from someone that's got some not not that i'm the guru but someone that's you know been through the wars and has the experience i'll, I'll give you my cell phone number it's 918-231-1090 918-231-1090 so there you go Everybody, thanks again. This is Kellen Cowan with New Wave Solutions. Bob, thank you for giving. You bet. Not a problem. I, I, 
I'm I'm happy that I can pass it on a little bit, you know. I really does. I really am. And thanks for having me on.